read. And our text is found in the book of Proverbs, chapter 29 and verse 18. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Hallelujah. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The Message Bible says, if people can, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So the main point, again, of this verse, people of God, is if you don't have a clear picture of where you are headed, the likelihood of a prosperous journey and a successful venture is improbable. And a lack of clarity in direction for your life will result in confusion, weariness, and a lack of zeal for life. You know, you see some people just, just mope around all the time, you know, and they just have no energy and they're, <sighs> nothing's ever good. It's never a good day. It's always, oh, it, this is just another day and all of those kinds of things. But we as people of God, amen, we should always have the joy of the Lord because it is the joy of the Lord is our strength and we can be strong. Hallelujah. When it comes to the things of God and where other people, oh, this is just another day. What's so good about this day? But when we see this as the day the Lord has made, then we're going to be able to rejoice. We'll be able to be thankful. We'll be able to be glad in that day. Amen. And when you see it that way, then you'll begin to see things the way that God sees them for you and what he has in store for you for your life and specifically for that particular day. Good news, people of God. God will never give up on you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory, but he'll never give up. You know that old expression we used to say like, look, I'm through with you. I'm through with them. Look, I'm done. That's it. No more. But God, because he loves us so much, will never ever give up on us people of God. Uh, perhaps you remember the old Kodak cameras? You remember those cameras? I think we may have one downstairs in the basement somewhere that I do. I could have brought that in here and used that as a prop today, taking some pictures with that on today, but praise God. All right, so when you took a picture with that Kodak camera, it took some time for the film to develop. And at first glance, you know, when, when, when it came out at first glance, it looked like that, uh, that, that picture looked pretty unimpressive. You know, once it, once it came out of that little slot, and it was just that little white square, you know, that it looked like. But then there was something miraculous that happened in just a matter of moments then you would begin to see form and color begin to appear. And there would be shapes that would become more distinctive and, 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 and the colors now would begin to sharpen up and have more clarity. And in just a few minutes, the subject of your attention that had been captured on film uh, now becomes an eyewitness. You would now have an eyewitness record of what had been seen is now produced and put in your very hands. You know, that's the way God is. He is the master photographer. He's like that, 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 that master Kodak camera. And even before the foundation of the world, Hallelujah. 
He saw you in his mind's eye. Saw who you would be and where you would be and how you would be and all of those things, amen, even before we were even born into this world. God saw us and he saw what he, he had a very vivid picture of what he wanted for our lives. And now we are in that process where our lives are still being developed and we're still being formed in a sense as we trust God and we go from day to day. Turn to the book of Ephesians chapter one, verse 18, if you will. Ephesians chapter one, verse 18, amen. And I love this particular scripture uh, because in this scripture, this is where the apostle Paul is praying for the church. But I want you to notice how Paul prays. And this is what he said. He said that the, and he was praying and he said that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. Mm. Look at that B portion of 18 right there. That ye may know what is the hope of his calling. So throughout the scripture, throughout the Bible, throughout the word of God, the word hope always refers to that which is coming. And that's, uh, that's what we do in our lives when we say, well, I, you know, we don't say that, but if there was at one time we would say, well, I hope so. You know, I hope this is going to happen. I hope that comes to pass and all of those things. But here in the word of God, hope always refers to that which is coming and to that which is ahead. And I am convinced, people of God, that the singest, excuse me, combining words here, the single greatest problem for even believers have is that they don't know the hope of his calling, of God's calling, the Lord Jesus' calling for our lives. They're about every other calling. Well, this is my job. This is the, you know, this is the most necessary thing in my life. You know, well, this is, these are my children, and this is the most necessary thing in my lives. It's always about their calling and those things which they are called to do in their own minds. And yes, that is important. Having a place of employment, having a, a wonderful, a beautiful, loving family and being able to provide all of those things. But many times the hope of our calling takes precedence over the hope of his calling for our lives. And it is only in that time when the eyes of our understanding get enlightened, we get that revelation of who God is, what he has for us, and what his vision is for our lives, that now we can get in line with his calling, his plan, and his purpose for our lives. And every one of us in here today, Amen. We have a calling for our lives. So many people that are about their own calling, they're always striving for material things, and they're always caught up in those carnal pursuits. You know, but then they get depressed and then they get discouraged because they don't see the big picture of what God has for them in this life and even on into eternity. In other words, people of God, what I want to share with you this morning and tell you 
is, is this, that God wants to give us new eyes, eyes of faith. They're going to come and pluck your eyeballs out now. You know, he wants to give us new eyes, eyes of faith that are filled with the revelation of what he is speaking to each and every one of us. He wants to give us and he's giving us direction. And he wants us to be able to, to walk in those amazing and glorious things for our future that he has for our lives. Yeah. I know the plans that I have for you, he says. But we are not supposed to live in our past. Or to live now for what just seems right for our own purpose and for our own calling. But we are called to live, people of God, in the vision of the exciting things that God has in store for us and all that he has planned out for us. Every now and then have you, have you watched TV and, and, and they have some channels now, uh, depending on your cable company, like um, uh, in, the, in our area, they have the, the, what is it called, the Me Network, Me. Me TV, Me TV. You know that Me TV, they have all the shows, they have like Gunsmoke and Bonanza and, and you know, Rawhide and Big Valley and, 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 and all of those things. And then they have some other shows like WKRP. Anybody ever watch WKRP? And all, oh God. <laughs> Hilarious shows and all of that. And then there's some other channels that have some other different things like Mod Squad and, and, and Starsky and Hutch and all of those things. And you look at those shows, you know, and you look at them, you man, look at the, look at the clothes they're wearing. That's the, you know, all of these things, it's, it's just amazing. And you say, people used to really dress, even though, you know, we were part of that generation. So I can believe they were wearing that, yeah. But then, I'm, wait a minute, I was wearing that stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. But God has some, some, some amazing and some exciting things in store for us that he has planned for us. You ever see that? You go by a store, you know, a building that's being, uh, that's being renovated or being built, and you see the sign up that's coming soon, stay tuned, you know, and all of that. And then you just, that just pumps it up and builds excitement and momentum about get, get excited about what's going to happen next. And that's what God is doing, and he does that for us in his word. Tells us to get excited about what's coming. You think what already took place? You think that was the sunum bonum? No, you didn't get to, to, that, to that next level yet. And I want to take you higher in the Lord. So when we use the term calling, it means, and this is interesting, calling, as it relates to this particular passage of scripture, it means to bear a name or a title among men. So, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. So that means you don't have to be in ministry to bear his name and to carry his authority, people of God. All of us, we are children of the Most High God. We are heirs together of the grace of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are God's called out, set apart people of God. Amen. And he's given all of us the authority to use the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But our calling could be a work, you know, on your job, believe it or not. Your calling could be is that of a stay-at-home mom 
or even to be a professional athlete or a full-time student or whatever that may be. God could be calling you to be a better spouse or even a more obedient child. All of these things really do. They, they have a calling to them because by, again, definition, the word calling means to bear a name or title. So no matter where you go in life, people of God, your calling is to glorify God with your life. Mm, yeah, that's, that, that's our calling as people of God. So what I want to tell you today is whatever you do, do it all for the glory of whom? The glory of God. So what's the point, Pastor? What's the point? What's the point? Get to the point. Well, the point is we want to be able to fulfill God's plan for our lives. Do we not, people of God? So our calling, again, could be to be the best athlete or the best executive or the best coach or whatever it may be. Okay? But first of all, amen, Jesus should receive the glory out of everything that we do. And the glory that God sees for you is the vision that God wants you to have for your future. Remember now, the Kodak camera, yet in development. God is all about vision, people of God. All about vision. That's why the first thing he does is save us. Translate us out of the kingdom of darkness and translates us into the to the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. God gives us a vision of destiny and destination and purpose and hope for our lives. You don't realize it when you're going through what you're going through before you know the Lord as your personal savior. You're just going from day to day thinking everything's all right and it's not, well, I'm speaking for me and my life and my personal life and my pre-salvation life and experience, they're not thinking everything's good. Until Lord, I believe and I receive, Lord. I confess with my mouth, I believe my heart. I, I accept you as my Lord, it's a bang, what? Bang. Now I'm really feeling so much better. To have a vision is really to see what God sees for your life. It is not our vision or vision that fulfills our purposes. You think about that. Mm -hmm. It is a vision that God has for all of us to fulfill his purposes in this earth. Amen. That's why we got to live long and we got to live strong, people of God. Uh-huh. Lord, say it every day, the number of my days, the number of our days you will fulfill. We will continue to live and declare the works of the Lord. Lord, we're going to live long. We're going to live strong. Just too much to be done that you have for us. Amen. So if that be the case, then we can't settle people of God for the here and the now. Is that, is that all there is mentality? You know how people, is that all there is to this mentality? Well, things are not always as they appear sometimes, as we talked about with that Kodak camera. It's so much bigger than you can even imagine. So if it's so much bigger than we could ever imagine, then I'm saying to you, get ready, people of God. Get ready, people of God. Get ready, people of God. Get ready, people of God, because just like that camera you have on your cell phone, 
it produces a picture instantly. And in the blink of an eye, you can see that picture right before your very eyes, as soon as you snap it now, because of that technology. The eyes of your understanding are now getting enlightened. Yeah, you're seeing the revelation and you're getting in the perfect will and plan for your life. You're getting in that lane that God wants you in. And now you can begin to see things. I can see clearly now. Hallelujah. Might write a song about that one day. I can know somebody already wrote that song, right? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Well, it's right before your eyes, God's vision. It's bigger than you can imagine. Breakthrough and blessing and restoration and refreshing and a mighty outpouring of God's spirit. It's coming. Hallelujah. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's closer than you think, people of God. God's plans for you are greater than you could ever, than you could ever imagine. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Turn to Philippians. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Amen. Hallelujah. In the King James Version. Glory be to God. God's vision for you. Verse 6 of Philippians chapter 1 reads this way. Being confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hmm. Now here, here's the Apostle Paul. Understand the time and the place and the setting, the who, the where, the when, the how, and the why, and all of those things. Here is the Apostle Paul, and he's in a Roman prison. And he's thinking about what the Lord had, had, had done in the lives of all of those people that he had touched with the gospel. And, and although he's, 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 he's in prison, he's behind bars, it's cold, and, 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 and he, doesn't have the, uh, he's, he's, he doesn't have any of the amenities and, and, and all of those things that you, know, that you would have in a five-star hotel, any of, any of those things. And he could be caught up in it, woe is me mode. But here, his, his, his heart is filled with confidence. And he's thinking about the Philippians and the church at Philippi. And he's thinking about the church there. And, and I believe that even if Paul were alive today, he would still have that same confidence as he's looking at, he's looking at us. Amen. The, 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 the church, that body of called out baptized believers, that ecclesia in this portion of the vineyard right now, I believe that his heart would be filled with confidence today. All right. Concerning you, knowing that, 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 that God is going to fulfill his plan and purpose for your life, that he that has begun a good work in you, people of God, will continue to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. So you said, well, you know, there, 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 there's a whole lot of things going on, and there's some folk that, that should be on fire that aren't on fire. And why aren't they on fire, people of God? I mean, maybe we just need revival and spiritual renewal and all of those things. I mean, but I'm seeing it in a different way, and I say to you, well, don't you see it right now? Don't you see what's going on? 
Don't you get it right now, people of God? Just, just, just look around and see what God is doing. Look around and see what God is doing in the life of the person to your left or to your right and in front of you and behind you. See what God is doing. And when you see what God's doing, think about what he's doing in your life. And when you think about those, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, yeah, that ought to warm your heart knowing that God is moving that God is marching and it will cause you hallelujah to applaud the father for his faithfulness and his goodness God loves you and I'm going to tell you God is always faithful hallelujah glory be to God but then there is a tendency among believers to think that the Lord is always asking for more well the more I give myself to him you know that song we said I give myself away you know, and all. So, well, if I continue to give my, just like some people you know, the more you do for them, the more they want you to do for them. You know, so, well, you know, uh, well, if I just, the Lord's asking for more and more and more. And if I give more, he's going to ask for more. And I'm not just talking about in the financial realm, but I'm talking about in time in prayer, time in worship, time in meditation, in time for the service of the Lord. The more I do that, then he's going to want to ask for more and I just don't have any more I gotta have some time for myself remember now it's not about your calling it's about his calling for you in your life okay and some folks just think if they pray one hour you know on the other side of the coin then they should have prayed two hours and if they witnessed the three people this month, then they should have witnessed the four you know but it is my conviction that a whole lot of folk meaning Christians, expect more out of themselves than God ever does. You think about that. that kind of, I want you to let that kind of rattle around in you and think about that in your, in your prayer time. And sometimes we can even beat ourselves up as saints of God. Well, Lord, what more can I do? But yet, if we would just open our eyes and see what the Lord is doing in you, and that, again, that person that's sitting, again, right next to you, what do you think you'd see? Not only that individual person, that human flesh, but you'd also see a miracle. You'd see the miracle and the wonder-working power of God working in their lives. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You'd see the fact that God took all of us and how he's maturing us and how he's developing us and how he's building us up and he wants to use people like us. Yeah, to me is nothing short the miraculous. Me? You? God? Yes, God wants to use you. And just like the Apostle Paul said here in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, personally, I say, and I thank God upon my every remembrance of you. He's doing awesome work in your lives, people of God. And think about this. Has God ever taken you through deep waters and tough times, people of God? Has he ever done that? I heard one, yes, Lord. Yeah, and through all of, well, some of you must still be in the midst of deep waters and tough times. That you can't say, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. And even in all of that, going through what you've been going through that you've come out the other side stronger yeah. hallelujah than ever before yeah. to God be the glory and I say right now yeah. he has done it before and he will do it again if he has to yeah. glory be to God 
Hallelujah. I love this scripture out of Luke chapter 12, verse 32. And it says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yeah. That means God is pleased with you. Don't let the devil tell you that God is not happy with you, that God doesn't love you, that God is not pleased with you. This scripture says that he's pleased, hallelujah, wants to give good things to his children. And he, it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. Yeah. Here in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, this is one of the first verses that I memorized as a newborn Christian over 43 years ago on the night when I first believed. And I, this is, and I did go back and pull out my old Bible. I still have this text here in Philippians chapter one and six when I got home, being confident in this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's underlined, and I keep it underlined in all of my Bibles now. Still love that. In red. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I came home that night from committing my life to the Lord, I came home and, and, and I went to sleep and I, and I was secure that night and every night thereafter. Yeah, and, and, and I had this astonishing thought that what God had begun in me would continue until the day that Jesus comes back. Hallelujah. Yeah, and as I reflect on it right now, it is indeed God who has kept me. We take to just another day. The Lord has kept me. Mom, you should sing that song. Love to has kept all of us. That means it is not our grip on God that has made the difference, but God's grip on all of us. It's made the difference. Well, and I'm really not confident in my own goodness, but I am confident in the goodness of God and the fact that he said it is his good pleasure to give me the kingdom. Hallelujah. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. This is a promise for every man and every woman and every child who turns their life over to Jesus. Number one, God works by plan. He works by plan. His plan is to prepare mankind for that great getting up morning and that final day. Write that down. God works by plan. Hallelujah. God works by plan. And number two, God is not fickle in the prosecution of his purposes. Now I'm going to give it to you again. Number two, God is not fickle in the prosecution of his purposes. Whew. Sounds pretty intellectual, doesn't it? I amazed myself on that one. Hallelujah. He begins... Not that he may conduct an experiment, but that he may create a design and perform a perfect work in you and in me. In other words, God has a divine way of working. And we, when he starts a project, glory be to God, he's not like some of us. God always finishes what he starts. So what are we supposed to do? Hallelujah. In the next few seconds that I have left, we've got to trust him. Trust him, people of God. And you'll begin to see him bring shape and color to the vision that he planned for you from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah.
closing up now. Thank you, Pastor Dora. Thank you for your encouragement. Hallelujah. Verse 6, again, Philippians chapter 1. Being confident of this very thing. People of God, God has a vision for you. That's what he has begun in you. He will continue to perform it until the day that Jesus comes back. The Message Bible, and I'm going to take my seat. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you will keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day that Christ appears again. But in the meantime, people of God, there's a whole lot of work we can do. Get in your calling. Begin to operate in that vision that God has for you. Can you say amen, people of God? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search R Wolf C in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.